welcome to the Dynasty Nerds Fantasy Football Podcast, where we discuss dynasty strategy, rankings, and all things NFL. So get ready to geek out on fantasy football with your host, Rich Dotson. And welcome to the Dynasty Nerds Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your host, Rich Dotson, here with my fellow nerds, Matt O'Hara hey. and Garrett Price. How's it going? Going really good. We're here recording on a Monday instead of a Tuesday because, well, other people got obligations. It happens, man. So if anything happens on Tuesday, well, sorry, we missed it. We'll hit it up next week. Absolutely. Uh, So today's show, uh, we're going to talk about, obviously, news and notes because at this time of year, there's tons of news, which gives us tons of notes. And uh, then we're going to have a little debate. We're going to debate a couple players. We each have a player here at the end of the show where we think we like more than just about anybody else to so do better than what anybody else thinks you're going to do. And the rest of us are going to debate that person's topic, even if we agree. So we're going to be good here. And I am a very good master debater. Lots of practice. Yes. Lots of practice indeed. But before we do that, let's talk about our sponsor today. And that is dynastyowner.com. Dynastyowner.com. They are a fantastic new website that launched their beta group. And you guys filled up that beta group so quickly that they had expanded to like hundreds of more people. And if you want the opportunity to join in on dynastyowner.com, there's still room for you now. I mean, the season's getting close. So help them test out their site with their beta and get in some like cool opportunities to use that site for free in the future. And you can check out their Indiegogo campaign as well, where they have all these different tiers from $100 to $5,000 where you can donate and get some really cool merch or opportunities back. You know, at the $100, you get free Dynasty owner for five years. That's a $500 value all by itself. And then at the, you know, the, the $1,000 donation, you get Yetis, T-shirts, free five years. Uh, no, you get Dynasty owner for life at 1000 And then you also get to go to Monday night games. You get to fly out the two Monday night tickets somewhere, mm. anywhere you want. And That's then the 5000 awesome. yep. you get like a little villa in Mexico. A lot of cool stuff at DynastyOwner.com. DynastyOwner.com gives you the opportunity to be the owner of an NFL team, essentially. It gives you the best opportunity you know, there's auction leagues and people bid on stuff, and that's that's all nice and dandy, but what if you just had the opportunity to get players at their salary? What if you really GM'd up it and you're trading for contracts? Where's the best value in the league? These rookie contracts are really good value. How are you going to build your team? I'd build my team around good, young, talented quarterbacks like Baker Mayfield and obviously rookie running backs and then sign the high end, but how are you going to manage that salary cap? You have the opportunity with DynastyOwner.com to manage that NFL salary cap today. Make sure you get on there today. Check it out. It's free by joining their beta. So just jump on there and see if you like it. We wouldn't stare you wrong, would we, Matt? Absolutely not. I mean, Garrett would, but we wouldn't. That's why he's not talking. (laughs) I I feel guilty. (laughs) I'll tell you something. It's not true. I'm such a liar. (laughs) So check them out today and their Indiegogo campaign. Check out their YouTube channel and their podcast, DynastyOwner.com. Make sure you check it out today. It's Dynasty Nerds approved. Now, let's get in some news and notes here, people. Now, the biggest news that comes to a shocker throughout the community, uh, not through my community, but through other people's community, is Deontay Foreman got cut by the Houston Texans. And people are like, whoa. What? Look at Lamar Miller just hanging on there still. We said still before, there. like, Lamar Miller was, like, pretty good value. And I don't know, somebody said, was that you, Garrett? It was like, oh, Deontay Foreman, I feel good about him taking the job over. Was that you? I I yes, that was me. I do like Dante Foreman. 
Yeah, and I was like, that's kind of, you know, he is coming off an Achilles tear, and nobody's okay, ever come to, back from an Achilles be tear. Fair, the reason he got cut was supposedly because he was being lazy, not because of his talent or his, his Achilles. Well, so. to be a state fair, I'm going to pop that balloon and win myself a prize because I didn't think that Deontay Foreman was going to be that much of a contributor. Because, listen, nobody, no running back has ever come back from an Achilles tear. It's the one position where, like, you lose that one explosive step that you need to be a big you know, explosive running back. And I said the Houston Texans starting running back is in the 2020 class. It's signed, sealed, delivered. You know, that's... And I'm with that too. Give me some DeAndre Swift, ETN on that roster. Give me J.K. Dobbins on that roster. Give me Jonathan Taylor on that roster. So for me, this isn't a huge surprise. It gives a nice bump to Demario Crockett, Higdon, uh, as well. So you want to make sure those guys, if somehow they are on your waiver warrior, make sure you go and scoop them up. I think Crockett over Higdon right now is reports that looks a little that's bit better in camp. So that's the guy you want. You know, Lamar Miller's a little bit older out there. That's the guy you want to scoop. So in related news, though, today he signs with the Indianapolis Colts. He's back. He's in the division. Yeah, he's in limping. the division, they said, give us Foreman. He's limping over there. He's like, hey, guys, I'm here. <laughs> he's just dragging that leg. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, I'm here to help Marlon Mack. I heard on Dynasty Nerds podcast, they're not huge Marlon Mack believers, even though so far the reports out of camp is Marlon Mack looks great. Even though most report camps right now is like everybody looks great, right? Sure. It's like we're all reading like the, you know, even Victoria Lamar Secrets. Jackson looks great. Supposedly. Who? Lamar Jackson supposedly looks great. Everybody so looks great. Everybody I mean, looks who, great. Have we heard people that don't look great in camp? No. I heard Amy Isabella doesn't look great in camp. Well, we'll, we'll get to that. We'll get, I'll say. Yeah, we'll get to that next. But I heard he doesn't look great. I heard he's dropping some balls. Oh. Yeah. He's That's hit it. manhood. It's un- un- balls are dropped. <laughs> uncharacteristic. Yeah. <laughs> Very uncharacteristic. So, um... So the, I don't think that's really a big deal because Deontay Foreman does catch the ball. So that's, to me, they still have uh, Naheem Hines there as a viable option. I know they waived their other running back they had. I think it was Davis or whatever his name was there in uh, Indy. But I think it's just bringing a guy in from the division, You know, maybe get some playbook information, see what's going on with them, have some kind of back. Just kind of see if we can back up Marlon Mack. And nothing more. Not even yep. worth a waiver wire pickup in my eyes, Deontay Foreman. It was, Not it was, even worth wow. a waiver wire pickup. How about that? Oh, you can grimace all you want, okay, McDonald's? <laughs> all right, because I don't, McDonald's. you don't remember Grimace? I remember Grimace. Right. Uh, <laughs> the young kids out there, there's a Grimace from McDonald's. He was oh, cool. A long Big time purple. Yeah. Was he purple or blue? Barney was purple. Barney was definitely purple. I can't remember what color Grimace was. I can just kind of picture his, you know, his outline and shape and overall look. Dude, every time I hear Barney, I just think about that poor kid that was in a coma for like 15 years. And I used to like, or he was like a vegetable or something like that. Like he was a vegetable or something like he was like brain dead or something. And I used to just sit him in front of the TV and play Barney over and over again. But he was alive inside. And he, and he came out of it like 15 oh, years gosh. later. And he's like, oh my God, I hate, they put me in front. I just hate that purple. Dot. I hate that Barney. I could just, that's all I, I, I know. I was conscious. Like I heard it. You know, yeah, I was like, oh, right. that's He was torture. conscious inside there. He just couldn't do anything about it. Oh, oh God, that's that terrible. sounds awful. Yeah, that's I've never heard this story. I'm horrified. Oh, yeah. Google it. Like the kid that was in. I, can't, I don't know if he was. Or, co- or don't. Something. Just leave that one alone. Just yeah. try not to think about that again. Yeah, that's torture. Yeah. It's like be barren alive. Oh, but man. worse, because you got to listen to Barney sing his song. <laughs> Big purple dinosaur. Um, where were we? I got sidetracked uh, by Barney the dinosaur. I grimaced. Dante Foreman. I grimaced that. Oh, you saying you shouldn't add him on waivers? No, because it's a waste. Of, honestly, it's a waste of a waiver. These are the kind of moves that you make that are literally fruitless. I'm telling you right now. I Rich Dotson guarantee. Let me just bust out, bust out the crystal balls. I haven't busted them out in a while. Hello, crystal balls. Oh, yes, <laughs> looking very beautiful today. Uh, it's very smooth, silky smooth. Wow. Too. wow. Will Deontay Foreman ever 
in his entire existence of life again be a viable fantasy option? Please, Crystal Balls, give me the answer. Oh, hell no, it says. Just hell no. Is that wax on there? Wax on those balls? Yeah. No, they're not as slippery. <laughs> okay. You can cup these. You can cup these pretty well. I thought it was residue for leftover. I don't know. No, no, no. You say that wax for that ass. Right. That's what you do. <laughs> uh, so for me, like, Deont- it's just one of those moves that like people get excited about. They go like, ooh, Deontay Foreman, so he cut him, so they, you know, another team cuts him because they agree with me. They're like, just, I don't, he literally has no value. The, the, the reason I would pick him up is Mac doesn't stay healthy. So he would be the most logical replacement because Naheem Hines' role is, is safe. He's And Dante Foreman is not a great pass catcher. But he would fit in pretty nicely in that Marlon Mack role if Marlon Mack were to get hurt. So that would be the reason. If I'm a Marlon Mack owner, I would I would be interested in having him as a backup. Matt, what say you? Um, if somebody dropped him, I'd pick him up. So I think I think he's at least waiver wire worthy in my opinion. I mean, I guess if you have room on it. I wouldn't cut anybody at all that I had any kind of optimism out for Deontay Foreman. I guess if you're like cut in, like I always leave a I always leave a couple spaces open at the bottom of my roster, not open necessarily, but guys I can get rid of if I need to and, and plug in a guy. Okay, so I if want. you pick up Deontay Foreman, let me put it this way: don't feel frat, frat don't feel frat, <laughs> don't feel bad about cutting Deontay Foreman very easily. Sure. And like those are kind of moves, like when you're like, oh, I don't want to cut him because I hope somebody else picks him. I don't want somebody else to pick him up. And like I hope somebody picks him up because I want to see who they're going to cut. You know, mm-hmm. pick up that guy because that happens sometimes. You know, and they they get excited and they cut somebody they shouldn't have cut, and you're like, ooh, swoopsy swoopy, is that a word? Swoopsy. Oh, did you see that dribble drabble was a word too? Uh, very unreliable sourced words like the Urban Dictionary and Wikipedia. Dude, but yes, I saw what, that. I and saw, the context didn't necessarily <laughs> match what we were whoa, saying. Whoa. What but... word comes after urban? Dictionary. Yeah, so yeah. Take that, dicks. <laughs> All right, I was correct again. This is amazing. This is amazing. People are like, "Oh, Rich, dude, Rich just like compliments himself so much." But if I wasn't so damn right so often, God. it's just amazing. And I mean, there's a reason this podcast does so well. It was Keith Ford that they cut, not some guy named Davis. By the way, now that we're talking about all your rightness, Matt, I can't be right all the time. I do not bet a thousand. All right, I'm not a Hall of Famer. All right, I'd be all over ESPN uh, National. I'd be all over everywhere, but I'm not. I'm only here. We're all human. We're all human. Absolutely. So Deontay Foreman, he's now a Colt. Get excited as you want. I got zero blood flow from it. I'm not even remotely turned on. It didn't twitch a little bit? Not even a little bit. No <laughs> blood flow at all. 0.0. So another news and notes. Another person signed today. Mm-hmm. 31-year-old. Little little over. It's weird. Like Soon now, to be 32. Now I turn uh, 40. Uh, and I realized today we'll be podcasting on my birthday. Well, so probably change it. If my you want. Bu- no, no, because my birthday is Tuesday, October 9th. Mm-hmm. Bobby come flying back from San Francisco from the Browns game. So what the podcast that day on a Wednesday? And Ashley's like, my wife's Ashley. She's like, why would you podcast on your birthday? I'm like, I don't give a shit. It's my birthday. Who cares? I'm turning 40. So we'll be celebrating my birthday here on the, on the podcast. Can't so now, wait. like the old vets at 31, I'm like, man, I wish I was 31. <laughs> I felt so good when I was 31. I was like, I could run. I felt, yeah, I felt really good, like in good shape. I was agile. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I'm still pretty, you know, agile. Agile. No, I've seen you move. Yeah. Very agile. <laughs> yeah. Thank you very much. I appreciate the compliment. Uh, uh, um, Michael Crabtree uh, signs with the Arizona Cardinals. I mean, what is going on in Arizona? They have Larry Fitzgerald already. They have Keyshawn Johnson, who's reportedly looked like Look the third good. best receiver and should be the third receiver in camp. They drafted three receivers, and Annie Isabella, Hakeem Butler, and uh, Keyshawn, Keyshawn Johnson. Johnson they already had Christian Kirk there, That you know the high-howdy-towdy. Is that a word? 
Howdy Towdy. Just keep making them up. I'll, man. I'll fine. keep dropping them like yeah. they're hot. Yeah. Howdy Towdy receiver out there before, and they got the, the they already have a Grizzly back and Larry Fitzgerald, who's a future Hall of Famer. And don't don't forget about you know um, Kevin White also, who's been starting the ever present. Kevin yeah. Who's listed as a starter on the depth chart. Yeah. What the Sam Hades is going on around here? I mean, dude, they're like the Baltimore Ravens at the receivers. They're just like, dude. I'll take them where I can get them. They're like, dude, Pokemon, got to catch them all. Receiver here, receiver there, receiver there. Give me all the receivers. They have a trillion. Bazillion? <laughs> bazillion you, you receivers. Sound, you sound like a four-year-old. I love it. Keep going. <laughs> trillion, bazillion. I want chocolate milk. <laughs> I hate chocolate milk, by the way. It's um, gross. But I mean, you hate chocolate milk? Yeah, I'm not a big chocolate, sound, chocolate milk. Sounds ridiculous to come out of anyone's mouth. But uh, right. Chocolate milk's kind of gross. I mean, okay, not gross enough, like, like I, I'm like I wouldn't spit on the ground, but like I take one sip, I'm like that's enough. I've had enough. Seriously, yeah. I thought I was gonna like strawberry milk. I tried that the other day, and not it was a fan. Not, it was not that good. No, it's not that good. Um, I just I I love chocolate. I love strawberry milkshakes. So uh-huh. I thought, hey, okay. uh-huh. why not try the strawberry milk? Ooh, but I but it just I looked at the ingredients and it just said natural flavors. Do you know what's a hundred? Didn't times? say strawberry once on there. It just said no, natural na- flavors. <laughs> <all> the natural. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, this is bullshit. <laughs> That is not, not, st- not strawberry milk. Uh, that doesn't sound like a birthday suit. That's not El Natural. So natural. Yeah. You know what's worse than chocolate milk? Chocolate milkshakes. That what? False. Is super gross. This is a uh, terrible take. Yeah, I, is- dude, strong take. Very strong. T- chocolate milkshakes are disgusting in all formats. No good things at all. None. At all. Chocolate milkshakes. Here, this button says stupid, so I'm just going to hit it. What you just said is one of the most insanely... Sir, I disagree. Sir, at no point in your rambling, incoherent response were you even close to anything that could be considered a rational thought. Sir, I got to strongly disagree with you because I have taste buds and I know where they're, they're coming from and I disagree. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, chocolate, so, chocolate malts are pretty good, too. I don't know. <laughs> malts? Chocolate malt. Like liquor? Oh, that sounds nice. Never mind. It's another kind of milkshake. Chocolate malt liquor. <laughs> yeah, we're getting way off topic. Uh, Michael Crabtree in Arizona. Does this <laughs> does this tingle anybody's sensations? No, no. I, I feel I feel like Crabtree and and Larry Fitzgerald are are basically the same player at this point in their careers. Just like mediocre speed guys, you know, like they're just kind of slower guys that catch the ball really well. And they're Crabtree's never tires. had speed. Right. I it's, still remember exactly where I was when we made that catch at Texas Tech to win the win the big game. And they 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 it's can great. make really good catches. I mean, that's that's they're good like possession the receivers. Yeah, they're good possession wide receivers. They kind of have been their entire careers. Um, you know, Larry Fitzgerald obviously was more prolific than Michael Crabtree, but he has experience in the air raid offense. Going back to Texas Tech, um, I, I know Garrett mentioned that earlier uh, before the show. So I mean, from a system fit standpoint, at least he knows it. Yeah, um, but it's all very confusing and it's hard to figure out for fantasy purposes. Does he does he make the team? Because uh, if he, I mean, I, I think mean, it's too early to tell that right now. To be honest, at this point, I wouldn't be surprised if he does. And I think these these rookie wide receivers might just not be doing as well as everyone hoped they would Ooh, be. Here's my hope: he does make the team. The biggest surprise cut out of camp is Hakeem Butler out of camp, and he signs with New England. Oh, that would be nice. I'd be busting out duct tape. <laughs> Jeez, so, I'd be that excited. Listen, I mean, I, I think it, I think it is indicative of the guys coming along a little bit slowly, but also the offense that they're going to run, they're they're really playing on spreading it out an awful lot. So that means you got to have a lot of these guys rostered. So maybe they keep 
more wide receivers than an average team would. And some of these guys get stuck on special teams, you know, like Kirk can obviously play special teams. I think, I think Andy Isabella would be a nice guy to, you know, return kicks and punts as well. So these guys are multifaceted, which might allow them to keep an extra wide receiver or two. I mean, it's because like Andy Isabella right now had to get his little knee, you know, like a little knee injury there. Um, So there's that. I know I read that he's dropping a little bit too many balls out there as well, which is not nice. Andy Isabella, uh, still surprised it took him over, uh, ahead of Hakeem Butler, but it's just me. Still a little bit worried about Isabella. Let's see how it works out because they do have Christian Kirk there. It, it, you're right because there are so many receivers. It, it's a very interesting uh, situation monitor because right now I, I'm, everything I see out of camp is Kyler Murray's dropping bombs too. Like he's looking fantastic. For for 2019, are you just avoiding the wide receivers there until there's something a little more established? Uh, I'm just waiting for the perfect opportunity to get Hakeem Butler super cheap. I think I, I'm still a believer. Like I think I think the tight ends. I mean, I mean the tight ends are the kind of the ones that I'm I'm just, just pu- I'm pushing to the side. I'm I'm fading them completely. What tight ends? Exactly. I went as far. I mean, I, I was up against it in the league where I needed to make some roster cuts, and I got Ricky Seals Jones. <gasps> I mean, and that was I made that decision before I I read that he was third on the initial depth chart and all that kind of yeah. crap. But I mean, it's just I don't think it's going to be used in the offense that much. I think no, they're going to really so be trying to spread it out, and, and it's it's just not going to have a lot of fantasy relevance. Dude, as soon as I'm just, I, I'm, it is a situation monitor because if somebody gets cut out of there, I'm going to be on them. Like, I, like, they're all interesting enough to me, like, I'm like, to see where it falls, except for Crabtree and Fitzgerald, but they're not cutting Fitzgerald. So, another news note speaking of New England, somebody got cut, went to New England, you went out there. It looks like Sony Michelle, who I predicted on this show that he would finish as a running back one uh in 2019 and some people were like yeah right right yeah i got a lot of flack for that tweet when i put it out there that i predicted sonny michelle will be uh running back one i said on the show this guy who i'm buying definitely for value new england's got the most rushing touchdowns in the league and he, he will have double digit touchdowns well now the news coming out of camp is they're really using him a lot outside in pass catching yep now that excites me that is awesome i mean because uh that was initially i think what we had envisioned when we when we placed him that high, you know what I mean? At least getting some work in the passing game, which he didn't show at all last year. He was our, he was our guy last week. That was like the off brand Marlon Mack. You could get him cheaper and yeah. that's looking, looking pretty good so far. It's all, it's only been a week, but the, it's looking pretty good. It, if they go this route, cause we all know the receiving situation there. I mean, it, they just bring in cam Meredith, uh, as well. And they put him in and pup. So big deal, you know, Josh Gordon, uh, implied for reinstatement, which a lot of people are like, oh, what's the big deal about that? Gordon did play well when he was on yep. New England. So that's, that's definitely worth the situation to monitor as well because Gordon's definitely, you want to own him. Uh, can't rely on him, but you want to own him. But the Sony Michelle news about him being run outside is I want to play real close attention to preseason usage here, preferably weeks one and two, and see if they do utilize him in the passing game and how he does react to that as well. Because if he is utilized in this passing game at all at all this is a he falls like we were talking about carrying johnson's a must buy he's you he's a four he you can get sony michelle yeah to me like you'd have to go out there and get him because he's guaranteed to be a like there's no doubt in my mind that he's a top eight fantasy running back if that's the case if he's gonna be a pass catcher running back even like remotely give me like 40 catches 35 40 catches yeah from him, and then I'm all like, I'm ecstatic. You throw that in with the double digit touchdowns and a rushing yard that he's going to get from force usage out of Tom Brady's age and the receiving situation. I mean, Sony and Michelle could have one of those hashtag two to three year windows of being like elite 
Like take that ne- next upper echelon of being first year, second year kind of guy where he's like top six fantasy running back in a white situ- right situation. Again, mostly because that's going to extrapolate on his touchdown usage, which should be they can still move the ball pretty high. So I, I was just this this conversation kind of uh, brought my mind to where James White is in, in his contract and age and everything. So James White right now, twenty seven years old, he has this year and next year, and then he's a free agent after twenty twenty. So could they possibly be prepping him for a larger role in the passing game for a couple of years down the road where they where they kind of ease him into this situation and in a, in a few years he's just this all-around back that they're using him 20, 2021 that he's he's catching passes and he's running between the tackles? It's possible. I mean, certainly. I mean, they, we, we saw what James White does in that role. Right. So it's definitely a part of the offense. And even if Tom Brady doesn't stick around, it's still likely Bill Belichick's going to stick around for a little bit anyways. And we got to imagine as well, Tom Brady is on a year-to-year officially. Now, even though he signed that contract extension, it's year-to-year now. Yep. When they do separate themselves from Brady, they're going to run the ball even more. I mean, I think the time might be right where that gamble is worth it to go out there. I think you could probably get Sony Michelle for 2021st, right? If you feel like you're somewhat of a contender at all, I think I think you should offer the 2021st for Sony Michelle. Like, it's... There's just too there's too much writing on the wall here for me not to be a believer. One, I predicted it for him to be uh, a running back one, and that should just be enough, right? <laughs> that should be that's all you need. What you, the, oh, oh you, man, you're trying to hit sound effects. You're trying to hit with the magic balls. I sound. was. Yeah, dude. look at you. You see, only I can, can command the balls. Obviously. Obviously, clearly, I hit the button three times and nothing. But you know, like we we look at the situation with the receiving situation. Everything I just said, essentially, like that. There's just too much right on the wall that unless he gets injured, that's the only concern is the injuries. Because we all like the talent, right? We yep. all like the talent of him coming out of Georgia. So the talents are there, the opportunities there, the draft capital is there, the system is there, the touchdown production over the last ten years is there for his team. His outside sources of talent around him is there for him to succeed. There's just too much red in the wall here for you not to make this move. I strongly recommend it. I'm trying to go out there and get Sony Michelle. Uh, now that this podcast is coming out on Wednesday, I probably got to put some offers because a lot of times I say these kind of things. I can put offers and then nobody accepts them because I say it on the podcast. It's one problem being in a league with a lot of people. Listen. Yeah, absolutely. They can put up against it in this but new league we just started for day. Baker. Uh, I have an extra day to make moves. <laughs> dude, I'm making moves. I'm like, dude, I'm starting a rap career. I'm making moves. Uh, next, uh, more moo- news. Andrew Luck believes he'll be ready for week one. That that concerns me. Like, it's not he will be ready for week one. He believes. Like The, the be- wording is alarming. Yeah, believe, hope. Like, those are, like, fairly synonymous. Like, I, and with his track record. Pray, fingers crossed. <laughs> yeah. I mean, what else? <laughs> I, I'm nervous. I do have, a, I shouldn't say a lot, but I have two or three Andrew Luck shares. And I'm genuinely starting to get nervous. A little wary. A little bit. Because Matt mentioned it before, like when the news first broke, it's like, well, Matt was like, because Matt, you said, you're like, well, dude, he didn't practice like a couple practices before that either. And now he's going to sit out a couple. And you're like, sometimes like they, they classify. What do you, Matt, repeat what you said. Uh, it, it was the, the fibula. And it's like a non-weight bearing uh, bone in your leg. It's the smaller leg bone, basically. And, and they, you know, those things snap all the time. And they, 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 they say all different things for that kind of injury, you know, lower leg injury, you know, ankle injury. You know, what? So, I mean, this falls right into that kind of category where he could have just broken, you know, just like a hairline fracture and you can't, 
you can't twist or anything on it, but you can walk on it. it, it it's not like something I, I think like Kelly Holcomb, like a million years ago, played with it uh-huh. in like the in the playoffs or something, and, and his leg was broken. Okay. But it's well, it's not easy to get around on. We're nervous here. Yeah, Matt's yeah. proving McGurvy. Garrett's nervy McGurvy. So <laughs> we gotta be careful over here. New another guy that banged up here is DK Metcalf. Strained oblique. Strained oblique, and that's a big time oblique. Big time oblique. I've that's seen them. Oblique. I've seen him with the shirt off. Uh-huh. The bleaks look ripped. But maybe now that's torn also. Ooh, it's ripped and torn. Ripped and torn. Torn. Remember uh, Natalie uh, Brulia? Who? She was torn. What? She was a singer. Real hot. Oh, okay. I don't remember. Yeah, just, I remember. All right. Remember, uh, what's that song? But, but anyway, for, for a guy that's like yeah. super stiff like him to begin with. He's a stiff? Yeah, a little bit. He's really stiff. Yeah, he is really right. stiff. I mean, uh, getting getting an oblique injury, it's not going to help his his movement skills. Didn't help David Boston being that big. Remember that? Everybody's like, ooh, he's oh, a yeah. big dude. Didn't help him. Not small, at all. Small ankles. Had, dude, he did have tiny ankles. Very tiny ankles. Big upper body, small ankles. And he got injured an awful lot. Don't trust people with small ankles. No. That are that big, at least. Like, I have small ankles, but I also have chicken legs. That's <laughs> <laughs> so. proportionately normal. Yeah, it's proportionally. Like, I have no muscles in my calves. Like, the only muscle mass I have is from walking. So whatever muscle mass you get from walking, that's it. Like, if I flex my calves, like, you don't see anything. Like, come to the Midwest Expo in Canada August 8th, and I'll show you. I'll flex my calves for you. Just ask me. I'll put as eighteen. I've been tanning, so I got some, you know, they're tan. I got that going for me. But I'll put those bad boys right up on top of my booth and just start, I'll flex mm. those bad boys out. And you won't see anything. I'm like, where's the muscle? Just that's like my a, question, too. A deep fried chicken leg, right? But very disappointing. <laughs> like, you're like, dude, I paid like, like, okay, I have five pounds of chicken legs. And you're like, oh, thanks for the four and a half pounds of bone, turd. One of those scrawny ones from like BW3s where you're always just kind of disappointed. Yeah, that's yeah. it. Those are my <laughs> legs. Good yeah. One. Good cop. Now, another injury, Trey Burton. Yeah, it with the sports hernia surgery, it sounds like he's going to be missing uh, all of preseason likely. Now, he should be ready for week one, uh, but, it, but it is something to keep an eye on. If he's your only starting caliber tight end, I'd be a little bit nervous. I mean, and they said it wasn't a setback, so this was kind of part of their plan. He had sports hernia surgery earlier in the offseason, and they're, they're basically easing him into it. Kind of, kind of ramping it up as the season. You, you know, know what's weird for me? Like, is Trey Burton's like my sneaky guy to go out and get a tight end. Finishes like tight end eight last year. Nobody's talking about him. Finishes a top ten tight end at a tight end eight. So he's you know almost middle of the row, which is really good to be a tight end. And in the second year of that Matt Nagy offense too, and I, I expect that whole offense to take a back, big step forward with the addition of David Montgomery and Tariq Cohen and Mitch Trubisky entering his third. Excuse him. Wow. <laughs> uh, uh, Enter his third year with Anthony Miller coming back fully healthy. Allen Robinson a full year removed from that injury too. Like I expect this Bears offense to be pretty yep. legit. Don't right? forget Don't forget about Riley Ridley. Don't forget about Taylor G- Gabriel. Dang, yeah. I already forgot about Riley Ridley. <laughs> I know you Sorry. Did. Who? Uh, his name is Riley uh, Ridley. Calvin Ridley. Got it. Calvin Ridley. <laughs> yeah, I get rid of him too. Wait I a minute. He got him. traded. No, not oh yet. I would trade him for Karrion Johnson. Somebody. We inspired a lot of Kerry Johnson trades, by the way. We did. Like, I big, got like six DMs about. Oh, we got to be. I hope it right because some people gave up heat for him too. Like, I hope you're right. And I'm like, oh, that's a lot. You give a lot. I hope I'm right too. Good thing for you. Like, I'm right most of the time. Nobody's right 100% of the time. So be mad. These 60% are of the time. It works every time. Every yeah. Time. Uh, sports area. Theo Riddick signs with the Denver Broncos. Weird, right? One, so he signed a one year. Two and a half million dollar contract with three and a half million possible incentives with one million guaranteed, which means he's going to play. And mm-hmm. already the reports are like, oh, he looks really good in camp. Like he's catching a lot of balls. Like, well, that's, this is that's great. what Theo Reddick does. I mean, he doesn't he doesn't run between the tackles, but that's he, all he does. Yeah, he catches passes. Yeah, like, so he like a madman. He's looking good now. Some people are like, oh, Philip Lindsay, Philip Lindsay. 
I am not like that. Like a lot of people are gonna be like this because I think I think people I think it's more indicative of Royce Freeman personally. Now listen, when Royce Freeman came out, we, I was not all over that bandwagon. I was even on. I was even in the same parade. Like I was. I didn't even bother showing up. And Royce Freeman. I think Royce Freeman's got that good name for what he did a couple years ago. Because even his last year at Oregon, like he didn't look that great, right? Then he gets drafted, he's a little bit lower. I'm like, oh, Denver, good opportunity. And then he just gets beat out by an undrafted free agent, Philip Lindsay, who looks good. So I don't really think this report is more on Philip Lindsay, who was a pro bowler last year. And honestly, he looked really good. So there's no way, like, okay, there's obviously a way because we've seen it before, like guys like Steve Slayton in Houston. But I think, again, I think it's more indicative on Royce Freeman. Like, this isn't. Does it hurt Lindsay a little bit? Yeah, because you want some of that pass catching ability. But I do. I think this is even worse news for Freeman owners. And, and, and there's did, a lot of Freeman truthers out there. And, right. and you know, Lindsay did derive, you know, at least a uh, a good portion of his fantasy relevance from his pass catching. I mean, 35 catches for 241 yards is nothing to sneeze at. It's not like all of his value, but it's it's a chunk. And if that goes away, I mean, he's he was right around a thousand yards. So, I mean, it's still he's still a startable guy. But I, I mean, think people, and I think people, I think because of his size, I think too many people look, and I think that's a problem here. It's like a lot of people look at Lindsay like, oh, he was a pass catcher running back, and that's where he got it. No, he looked really good running the ball last year. He was, for 190 pounds, he was a very tough in between the tackles runner. Yes. And that's, and that's what I'm saying. This is more indicative on Royce Freeman. Like, if I had out any out at all, get on Royce Freeman here, like, I'm getting out on him. Like, if, if I could somehow manifest Royce Freeman into a 2022nd, <laughs> I'm jumping for joy. Like, I'm like, if you're like, oh hey, look at this! I just got a, I got a twenty twenty second for Royce Freeman. Everybody like, yeah, look good, good job out of you. Because like, honestly, Royce Freeman, I've seen this a thousand times where players like that that are well known name in college, they have this name, and you you expect them to eventually take over. They never take over, and in two years, people forget even Royce Freeman was even a name in the league. That's what I feel about Royce Freeman. I'm out hundred percent. On Royce, I actually don't have any shares of either one. Uh, with one exception, I do have uh, in that orphan I took over in that league we're in together. Rich Royce Freeman is on that roster, but I don't have him. Other than that, I don't. I haven't acquired him in any league, but I don't have Philip Lindsay either. I'm I'm nervous about all of it. Like I I don't want to touch either one because part of what got you excited about the potential of Lindsay was them talking up the potential of his passing game. Correct. Um, and so I do worry that with the the coaching change that there is a chance Freeman could get in there and steal some carries and just make everybody irrelevant. And that's, I think my biggest concern is just none of them really being all that usable for fantasy. this season. And you, I mean, and you can't forget that Philip Lindsay, you know, injured his wrist and he was out most of the off season because of it. And now all of a sudden they sign this theoretic who just ca- catched passes. Yeah. Like to me, that's more indicative of the situation and, and that maybe, maybe Lindsay's wrist isn't where to a point where he can catch passes naturally. Isn't, isn't freaking Booker still there too? Just to make things <laughs> Booker. Yeah. yeah, I think that doesn't even, who cares? Well, that's uh, what we said last year. And he ended up taking a bunch of, a bunch of carries and stuff like that. I mean, yes, he, yes he is there. I mean, uh, and Matt, you said true. he had what? Thir- Lindsay had 35 receptions last year. Yeah. If Lindsay's still the first and second down running back there, that's still, you're still able to get right around at 25, 30 catches on first and second down. Is that running back? I don't think again, I, that doesn't really blow me away either. Like, Oh, the, he's now he's not getting no catches. It's like some people take that to the extreme, right? Like, Oh, Theo Rickster. Now Lindsay's catching no passes. That's not even guaranteed either. I don't know. I think, I think everybody's just trying to find every way possible to just dump on Lindsay. And if you get, if you ask me the back to own there in Denver, I mean, I know it's an easy choice, but to me, it's like clearly Lindsay, 
And I feel like if this doesn't work out with Lindsay again this year, then again, they're the team that gets a 2020 running back as well. So we were talking about this before the show where, you know, because these, all these rookie running backs, David Montgomery, Miles Sanders, Josh Jacobs, look all great. look really good in camp. Like really good. Miles Sanders it's funny now, like, the media is like, oh, Miles Sanders is, like, like an exceptionally better. It's like, well, yeah, we were saying that back in, what, March? Right, he's a rookie that came in, and he was a little dinged up. Big surprise, he's got a, he's going to have a slow start, you know? I mean, like, that's just, that's kind of how, that's a that's a natural part of camp, I would I would think. For Learning the playbook, for a guy overthinking. That, exactly. Yeah. So we have to be wary of this, because, like, how many teams are going to need a running back? You know, again, in 2020, there's going to be a lot of good, talented running backs, but how many are going to go into really good positions, right? We only, we only have, like, four, maybe five, maybe. We'll see. Yeah, it's hard to say who's going to emerge. I mean, you've got potentially Kansas City. We don't know for sure, but oh, I would no, think you'll like City for sure. Houston, most likely. Definitely. Tampa Bay. Definitely. Um, Poss- possibly uh, LA Chargers. The Chargers. But then Melvin Gordon would offset a different team there. Anyway, so this is kind of, not even kind of, kind of a wash. Then Melvin Gordon's a wash. Yeah. Uh, I mean, can it, does anything else like jump out on the top? Maybe Pittsburgh, we said. Maybe. Maybe. Uh, Possible. Baltimore. Maybe. Like, I, I see Jonathan Taylor fitting in Baltimore pretty well. You yeah. Know, po- like that. Possibly the Colts. We've said that several times. Yep. Possibly the Colts. So, I mean, there's not, a, there's not a lot, maybe Green Bay, you know, like, we got there's a lot of maybes. Falter. There's definitely some maybes here, but there's no guarantee, which the might Dolphins, make this Tennessee. I mean, I mean, Ooh, definitely Tennessee. You know what I mean? That guy like, that got there is doo doo. <laughs> maybe Miami, depending yeah, on how that maybe. shakes out this definitely year. Definitely Miami. Okay. So there's 25 teams that need a running <laughs> so back. So every <laughs> team needs a running back. Never mind. Uh, speaking of <laughs> David those, Johnson's getting old. I mean, come on. Let's just throw one. He's going to be 28 next year. Let's throw one in there. Zeke moved to Cabo. He just lives there forever now. Great hair, Zeke. Love that guy. Um, and then Damian Williams, we mentioned that either he's hurt, like he's got the hammy and Andy Reid's a little ticked off about uh, Damian Williams missing some time saying this is valuable time. And a guy that never got over, you know, 50 carries in the season uh, is already banged up with a hamstring injury that can linger, which is not good for running backs. Uh, Carlos Hyde there. Carlos Hyde. My, uh, this Damian Williams strain, we said right away, sell him, sell him, sell him. Once he comes back, he does something. Sell him, sell him, sell him, sell him, sell him, sell him. All right, are you guys ready to uh, debate? What about Josh Gordon being reinstated? Come on, this is our annual tradition. We have to at least mention it. Oh, we did mention it. Remember about the New England? We said Cam Meredith signed in. Uh, oh, I must have missed you saying that. I'm yeah. sorry. I remember said he's, he did produce there in New England. Oh, I'm sorry. He just uh, didn't make the extravagance I think you were hoping for. I really did want a little song. I mean, come on. It, it is a tr- Rich, tradition. Rich, you are a showman. It is a tradition like no other. Josh Gordon. Okay, Josh Gordon, apply <laughs> for reinstatement <laughs> for the 15th time. I did. <laughs> He'll come back for a little bit and then he'll leave again. But like when he's there, it's a dude. That's why you just can't quit him because when he's there, he produces. Like he's an elite talent. I I don't know, man. He's. I still have. I I I still have not cut him off any roster they have him on. That that is, that's love right there. Can I just mention one more thing before we move on? Apparently, Josh Rosen is closing the gap on the quarterback competition and has improved across the board. I just wanted to at least say that and get it out there that there's at least a, a somewhat of a possibility of him starting earlier probably than we thought in the season. I thought that the whole time that Ryan Fitzpatrick would start the season and Josh Rosen would end the season. They're in a – I don't even think they want – like they they shouldn't want to win games. Like if they're playing with all this draft capital they're getting, like they should want to lose. I know it's like they should pull the Cleveland Browns maneuver. Like just suck it up, yuck it up, you know, and then go that route. So I don't know. I still like think Josh Rosen has some promise. Like he's probably super cheap in super flex leagues and definitely worth the gamble. I like it. Yep. All right. You ready to debate? 
Let's do it. All right. Let's well, because people do talk about how much we agree. So this is this is a good opportunity for those that are always like, oh, you guys agree so much. This is this is the episode for you. Yeah. We did this for you. Yes, we did it for you because now we're going to disagree with it, each each person there. Because Garrett gave me a guy he wanted to debate in Allen Robinson. I'm like, well, no, nah, I love Allen Robinson this year. <laughs> Move on. He's to like, really? I'm like, yeah, like he's my sneaky guy to go out there and get, you know, the big receiver. They pay top end number one wide receiver money to. We just mentioned earlier that offense going into the, the third year there in that offense. With, we mentioned all those guys there yep. earlier. And now he's a full year removed from that ACL injury. So he's fully healthy. And all reports out of camp is he look again, he falls in that category. Everybody looks great. Everybody's a supermodel. Yep. Everybody wants to do him. Mm. He looks great. Let's not forget that playoff game too, where he had what 12 targets or 15 targets or something absurd and single-handedly brought the bears back on that final drive. Like when guys get targeted heavy in big games like that, I love seeing that. Cause that shows who they, they're really looking to really trust. I love his upside for this season. Yeah, I think Al Robinson, like he's he's one of those big timers. And, and granted, now listen, he's only did it essentially one year, right? Right. So there's a lot to be nervous about, but he's had a lot of bad breaks in between. So I like Al Robinson. So we can't debate him. Nope. Garrett, give me a guy that you like a lot for this year that other people might not like. So do you want to? Do you want me to give the argument first, or do you want to poke the holes first? Um. Let's see. I like to take it slow, so I'll poke the hole a little bit later. Let's just, okay. All right. Let's get a little uh, foreplay in here first. A, a little bit. Holes. Yeah. All right. Sounds good. So one guy that I uh, have liked from basically the get-go, watching his college tape, um, all of the different things that I saw, uh, I've loved Darius Geis. And Darius Geis is one of the most polarizing prospects. Or not even prospects. I mean, he's been in the league for a year. But depending on who you ask, you're going to get three different responses about how people feel about Geis. Some people think he's a stud and, and he can be this absolutely elite top five back. Other people think he's going to be waiver wire fodder in a couple of years. Some people think he's talented but just can't stay healthy. There's, there's all these varying opinions. And so I think he's a great one to talk about in this type of format where we're going to kind of discuss the pros, the cons, why we like him, why we don't, because he's such a polarizing player. So right now, uh, in July's ADP uh, for DLF, Darius Geis is the 51st ranked overall player, and he is the 22nd running back. Uh, Guys that are kind of controversial names going before him, uh, Leonard Fournette is before him, Marlon Mack is before him, Damian Williams is before him, Derrick Henry is before him. So all of those guys are... Yep. All of those guys are being taken ahead of Darius Geis in dynasty formats. I'll take Fournette ahead of him. I would take Fournette. That was the only one. That's it, yeah. He was, yeah, he was the one that was the furthest that he's the 16th ranked running back, whereas um, Geis is 22. Uh, one spot ahead is actually Sony Michelle, another guy that we've just talked about that we do like. Um, but there's quite a few guys ahead of him that are uh, very controversial in their own right. So coming out. Darius Geis had two incredible seasons where he rushed for over 1,200 yards in back-to-back years at LSU. He did it at in the SEC, which we, we talk about this often, but most of your super talented defensive players are coming out of the SEC. So Correct. when you can do yep. it in that conference, it gives you a little bit more assurance that there's a chance that they could do it at the next level. It's at least a good barometer, for sure, uh, uh, you know, of the, the caliber of defenses, the Alabamas, uh, uh, you know, 
at the top of the list, basically, and, and you get to see how they're going to perform against the most NFL style and NFL quality defense right there. Yep. So that that was something that I really liked. Ran a four four nine coming out, but he's a thicker guy too at around two hundred twenty four pounds. He's listed at so it's not like he ran a four four nine at you know two hundred pounds. He did it as a bigger, thicker running back, and I love what Washington's building right now. I love uh, Haskins as a as a future quarterback. I think he has a lot of potential. A lot of the receivers they picked up. And Washington actually has a sneaky good line. Right now, uh, Pro Football Focus has them ranked as the 14th best offensive line. And they said that chances are they would have that higher if it wasn't for potential injury risk. And so there's a couple guys in there that, that do get banged up from time to time. But it's a good offensive line. And really, all that's in his way right now is Adrian Peterson, which... He, Incredible back for him to be able to do that this long is amazing, but he's not the back of their future. They drafted Darius Geis in the second round last season for a reason because they want him to be their future guy. The other guys that are there, Chris Thompson, always banged up. Bryce Love was just taken this year, probably a third down back. He's probably not going to start the year um, active. He'll probably be on the pup. So there's just so much opportunity. There's so much talent. Geis is a guy that I don't necessarily expect huge things from in the first half of the season. But once we get to the second half of the season and then into 2020, I think he could be an absolute monster, high-end RB2, maybe even a low-end RB1. <laughs> jeez, jeez, Rich. Okay. Um, Was it that bad? No. So <laughs> so let me just go back in here. So we have Darius guys come out of ACL injury. And that's that's a bummer as it is. Now he did tear it early, so it's not overly concerning there. But he was also banged up even before that. What was the hamstring, or what? What, what was he banged up with in camp? Yeah, yeah, he's already banged up in camp. Are you he's talking a, about last year or this year? No, like this year in camp. He was sure, like, this he was, this year he had a, he had a tight hamstring. Yep. So and again, I don't hate guys, but he's falling right back in that category of like overblown, overdrafted kind of running back. When it comes to college, I didn't love guys. As much as anybody else, too, because he's not a pass catcher running back. So he kind of somewhat falls in that Derrick Henry category for me. And, yeah, that's a great off Washington offensive line, but their, their number one offensive lineman is not even showing up and is demanding a trade at left tackle. So that's a concern for me as well. They do have a really young t- team right now with you know Colt McCoy listed as the top of the depth chart. I love Dwayne Haskins. I love what they're building, right? But I love what they're building long term. I like what Washington is doing three years from now. Uh, two to three years from now, not in 2019. I like it long-term. I really like Terry McLaurin, right? I like Kelvin Harmon. I love what they're both doing in camp, but I don't love what they're doing now. I don't, and Darius Geis is just, a, I think Darius Geis, just like Derrick Henry, is a nice running back, a good running back, a violent running back, a big running back, who's already had an ACL tear, who doesn't catch, catch the ball extremely well. And I don't care, like we hear these reports that they want to use him, but he's just... That's fine. We hear those reports all the time. It never really comes to fruition, right? They got Chris Thompson there, who's dynamic in the passing game. Yeah, he's all banged up, but you know what they did to do that, to secure that up? They brought in Bryce Love, who I liked coming out. You know, if you go back to his old tape, and I, thought, I think he could be good value there as well. I don't like him in 2019, and I don't like him. And for him, that the kind of running back he is, I don't like him long term either. Is there potential there for Darius Geis? Absolutely. I mean, there's potential for any running back in the league, but a, a, a non pass catcher running back in a really young offensive line, uh, offensive team with their left tackle at a question mark there, their, their quarterback right now is potentially at best. Uh, their best quarterback is going to be rookie. He's going to take their bumps. 
The receiving core is completely unproven. No star receiver there yet. Yes, we like Terry McLaurin. Yes, we like Kelvin Harmon. Those are two rookies there. Their best offensive weapon is their tight end in Jordan Reed. So for me to get out here and say, oh, he's a high-end running back too, I'm not buying that at all because – one, you gotta be. He's gonna be touchdown dependent, and I don't think he's gonna score a lot of touchdowns at all. Uh, maybe eight, right around there, would be a good year for I think Darius Geis because I don't think they're gonna be able to move the ball as much as they really want to in that offense. I don't think it's gonna be a high producing scoring offense. I just don't in 2019. I don't think this team is set up for success in 2019, and that's fine because I do like it long term. But long term is not the good word you want to use for running backs. Running backs that are. You know, are usually used on the ground. It's coming off already an ACL tear, already banged up in training camp here. I don't think he's a high-end running back. I do not see what you're seeing at all. And I like Darius Geis as a roster, you know, running back, but not as a starter. I don't feel comfortable at it. Is him as a starter at all? He, I think I look at him as all those other touchdown dependent running backs, where they'll have up and down weeks, which is literally dependent on him scoring touchdowns. And I can easily see Darius Geis coming away with like four or five touchdowns this year, which is not really titillating to me. And it does not get me excited. So for me, I would, I could think of tons of other running backs that I would rather have on my dynasty roster than guys. I look at guys as a great trade bait option where people are still looking at him fresh uh, as one of those good rookie draft picks, a young running back that holds some value. If I could get 2021st for Geist, which I don't think is even really possible, I'd be all over that. If I could flip Geist for another runner, if I, I would love to use Geist as like a package kind of player to like try and get a guy like Karrion Johnson. We mentioned earlier, like, hey, I'll give you Geist, I'll give you Calvin Ridley, and I'll give you a 2022nd. Hopefully that works. For, you know, Probably not. But, you know, some of those lines, I'd, I'd love to use him as a name which is all he is so far in the NFL. He's literally just a name because he has not done anything for anybody's fantasy teams at a high level here. And granted, it's only going to a second year, but I'm not, I'm not believing what you're believing. I don't see what you're seeing. And this is me coming off his rookie tape as well. I just didn't see him as a dynamic fantasy impact player. And that's what we're looking for. We're not just looking for good players. We're looking for players that are impact our dynasty team in a, in a good way. If I play in a standard league, maybe I'm a little bit more excited about a guy like Darius Geis, but let's face the facts. Most leagues are PPR leagues. Sure. Most if they're not, that's kind of silly too, because get with the ages. Uh, so for me, I, I just don't see it. I don't see where all this, like the, what you're saying here uh, of him being like this high end running back too. Like there's too many good running backs now as there is. There's too many. Um, that I like a lot. I mean, we, we can go through here right now and give you 12 running backs that are easily we think could be finished running back ones. And we're throwing guys up there we just said earlier. Karen Johnson's going to enter this mix. Le'Veon Bell coming back. You know, this year is likely going to be a running back one. Devontae Freeman coming back. Like those, Sony Michelle, Devontae Freeman, Le'Veon Bell, Karen Johnson. All easily. I mean, can we agree on that? All easily you would rather have in 2019 than... Uh, for sure, Darius for Geis. 2019, but it's it's more than just 2019 for Darius Geis. But the, in a world, Garrett, that we live in, where these where where it's hashtag two three year window on these running backs, we live in that. It's just it's the real facts of the world. The list just changes too much. I don't see Darius Geis as one of those guys that's going to transcend that number, right? Like he's not in that echelon for let, me. He's let me ask not. this. Let me ask this. Adrian Peterson looked terrible in Arizona, right? Looked terrible in New Orleans, then came to Washington and was an RB2 last year. If Adrian Peterson can do that, I don't know why Darius Geis couldn't do that. But again, that was also with Trent Williams there as well. And it's, and that's a different team. We're talking about a different quarterback situation as well. They also had Alex Smith early there as well, who looked okay. They had their, their whole team was different than last year. So I'm not going to compare last year to what Adrian Peterson did this year. And honestly, Adrian Peterson still is a running better running back than 
Darius Geis will ever be. In his, in his prime, but not at, at 32, 33 years old. He's not human, though. <laughs> he is crazy not human. But, all right, so... Yeah, once you uh, master debating this. Wait, well, you guys just wouldn't shut the hell up, so how the <laughs> hell was I going to get into that at all? So <laughs> I, I was I was ironically just listening to the radio today, and they just, um, NFL, NFL radio happened to be at camp um, here with Washington, and they interviewed Darius Geis. I just happened to be in the car, just luck, you know, luck would have it, and the the pre you know the, how they introduced the guy and and before they brought him on they actually talked about uh, Darius Geis a little bit and and the discussion was actually how surprised they were how natural he looked running routes and how good he how good he looked in the passing game and they were they were surprised because much like you they 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 saw him as this big bruising guy in between the tackle type of guy and, they, and this is you know verbatim basically what they said. And, and, and when he came on, they asked him about it and he, and, and he basically, he went through a really nice breakdown about how all three of the guys have different, how they have different touch on the ball and you have to get used to these guys. And it, and it sounded, I mean, it sounded like it's something he's been working on. I know for a fact he has been working late after practice with Dwayne Haskins running routes. I know that too, and I've I've seen that, and I, that gives me a little hope on Darius guys. I just I wanted to mention it because you were poo pooing the pass catching ability. And, I got to see it, and it literally, and it's not like it's not like these guys on on serious NFL radio care about your fantasy team. They don't care at all. They, they it was something they observed there, and it was something that popped out at them. If, so, if he can add that to his game, that well, that's a game. To me, that changes everything. That's so, all of a sudden like right. saying, well, Derrick Henry is going to catch 45 balls. Okay, well, then now all of a sudden I like Derrick, I like Derrick Henry. Again, because I don't think I don't think Darius Geis is a bad running back. I, just, I don't think he's an elite running back either. I kind of think. I, in, I think in, it's a little NFL unfair. standards, I, he's like a jack. Like he's just, just like another like slightly above average running back. From NFL standards, still a really good running back, but like not like elite. He doesn't do anything elite, man. I mean, his his contact balance was really, really good. Really I mean, good. he was great between the tackles. He's a big dude. He's he a big he's bruising strong. guy, and and if if he's coming along in the passing game, it's really exciting to me, to be honest. Because I liked I liked him a lot coming out. I mean, the the, uh, the injury was unfortunate to me, and, and especially all the with all the setbacks and everything like that. I mean, I I had almost lost faith that he would be able to come back, but from from all accounts, from everyone that's seen him in camp, he's looked really good and, and, and really they explosive. Have, and they have said they've been ramping up his work as well and he's been getting a lot of run uh-huh. in camp so i mean we'll see i'm i'm not sold that he's going to be that that low end rb2 the first eight weeks but i feel great about the second half of the season for darius guys i don't think he finishes his top 18 ppr running back for the whole season or whole, second half for the whole season i feel, I feel like I, I don't think he finishes as a top 18 running back and that's where and that's just where he's like valued at right in the eyes of most people and i just don't see the value there and I will say, like, I don't hate, like, I'm not down on Darius Geis. Like, I'm down on Derrick Henry, right? Because I think right. there's no chance Derrick Henry ever becomes a PBR running back at all. Sure. And I do think there is some upside with Geis there, with just, like, what Matt said. And I and I know because I follow Dwayne Haskins on Twitter because he's my Ohio State guy. And I've, and I've seen him because he's always retweeting him in the sit, you know, because he's the sickest. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Darius right. Geis. Right. Working after and working on routes. And that's nice. But, again, then what happens to Chris? Like, that's fine that you can do it, but do you excel at it? Right, that's that's fine. You can do it, and it's fine that you could do it like in practice, and you're working on then. But can you do it in a game situation? Two completely different things. It's like sure. I'm not getting excited about people running against air and making great catches and great throws against air. I don't get excited about that. But I, I mean, know Chris we... Thompson can do it. I know he can do it. And after that, then I'm somewhat worried about Bryce Love being involved as well. If Bryce Love can even get remotely back to form because he was really good as well. But so, I think if we get excited about Sony Michelle catching passes, I think we should be able to be excited about Geis as well. But I saw Sony Michelle do it in college. That's the difference. 
He didn't do I a ton. Uh, he, he, he did it really in his career. He, I was to say he, he got worse. Down. But yeah. I saw, but every because they they found the new guy every year at Georgia. To do. That's why I. Did, but at least I've seen it on tape. I've seen it. You know what I mean? Like I've seen it with my own eyes. And I I know we can do it in that kind of ability. So let me just throw out this crazy scenario then. So what happens? You know, beginning of the year, Bryce loves pupped. So you can't you can't see until whatever week eight or whatever yeah. it is. And all of a sudden, Chris Thompson comes up with his yearly injury. Uh-huh. And, and Darius guys getting run in the in the pass game. I mean, do you do you see a scenario where that's at least possible, or do they just run into the waiver wire well, and get a guy? Yeah, it's possible. I mean, that, that again, I just don't see the offense being overly like productive. That's all. And it, and it, this isn't like me poop on Redskins. I've said before, it's in the, I love what they did in drafts. It's one yep. of my favorite drafts, and I do like them long term. It's just for 2019. That believe Trent Williams does sit out or get straight. It's just. I'm a little, there's some concern there. It's more like the overall offense for 2019 mm-hmm. is where that comes in. I think they will be able to stack the bot. I do. There's a thing. I think they're, even if he does produce a little bit, there's the thing. The defense is just going to, they could, you know, they could stack the box first Darius guys. That's what I think. And they could shut him down. Like he's, he's somebody you can scheme against and shut down and make him beat you elsewhere. And I'm sorry, Case Keenum, Colt McCoy, and unfortunately, my love for Dwayne Haskins who's only started one year at Ohio it's gonna State. It's going to take him some time. It's going to take some time with the offense. What, Weapons they have, right? I like Terry McLaurin. I like Calvin Harmon, right? But again, they are now going to face NFL defensive backs in live situations. That offense is just not going to be something you fall in love with. That's my prediction. Of course, nothing's in cement here. Nothing's set in stone besides Derrick Henry not being a pass catcher and running back. So <laughs> I'm not saying I'm not saying that's for sure. But if I'm putting my money on something, I'm definitely putting it on the no. That's and then I feel really good about that bat too. Like so, really good about so that at bat. 22 DLF ADP. Your your pass twenty two running back. Yep, twenty two. <sighs> that just seems right. You know okay. what I mean? Like, but the, the the debate here is like you like him more. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Whether, whether I'm, just, I'm just saying in general. Like, would you would you take him roughly in in the range that he's going yeah, right now? Or that's does that a low end running back too. Without so that's sure. a, right there. That's a guy who's for sure the starter who's going to get carries with, like you guys said, some upside possibly in the catch game. Yeah, I like that. You yep. know what I mean? But I like him a little bit better as my, you know, as running back. Where I see him as more as like six, you know, my, like. Sure, where I have him more like 16, like around there. Yeah, I, and I'd rather have him at like 22, 24, like even closer to 20. I'd rather have him as my roster. That means he's a starter in my roster. I'd rather have two running backs ahead of him and have him, okay, if he does pan out, sweet, because he's my bye week filler, and then I could potentially start him. But if I have, if he's my running back two going the season, I'm not like oh yeah, here come the ships, baby, for sure. Possibility, yeah, but I'm not feeling very good about it. It's not like me looking in the mirror, right? Not feeling very good about it. Um, <laughs> next guy up, Thanks. my guy here is Didi Westbrook. So we had this debate already, like who's going to be the guy in Jacksonville? Who's going to be that guy? And right now, it looks like Didi Westbrook is the guy. And this is a team where. If Leonard Fournette is banged up and he can't run the ball, which I think they're going to run the ball, they just paid Nick Foles big time money. They're going to throw the ball. Wait, is Leonard, did I miss something? Is Leonard Fournette banged up? I think he's back healthy again, but he's going okay. to be banged up again. He's it's, going to, yeah, inevitably. You know, it's it's inevitable. He's really good when he plays, but he's probably going to get banged up. And anytime I have the opportunity to get the number one receiver, big play receiver on a on a team like that, that interests me. And nobody's loving on Didi Westbrook right now. And he's going to be the number one receiver there in Jacksonville for a team that most likely could be playing from behind that has a somewhat of a question mark at that running back position. Dede Westbrook is going to be the guy. And not only is he going to be the guy, like we mentioned before with um, teams that, Hey, you're the guy and you're the only other talented guy, like, like Sonny Michelle, like, okay, you're the best thing we got going on this offense besides Leonard Fournette. 
what else do they have on that offense? DJ Shark, yeah, he's a nice long-term prospect, but again, he's a he's a deep go route guy there. Keelan, Hold, Keelan Cole works hard, but he still hasn't done anything overly dramatic here. So if we're looking for one guy to focus on this offense in a receiving game, which is today NFL is a passing game, then it's D.D. Westbrook. Right now, he's just... He's like everybody doesn't mind E.D. Westbrook, but he has the potential here to be a wide receiver three for your team. Like a locked in wide receiver team is a top 36 receiver. Maybe it's middle of the road, top 36. Depends on where the touchdowns come from. But still, something that could be had and still young to be that potential number one receiver in Jacksonville. I think he almost has it locked up here, and he might be the best weapon they have in a passing game because they have no tight ends at all. Josh Oliver is hurt. And. Other receivers are huge question marks. So for me, D.D. Westbrook, if we're looking for a weapon in here that's not named Leonard Fournette, for somebody you cannot carry on, with a quarterback that just gave $50 million to guaranteed, he's going to be chucking the ball to somebody. They're going to get their money's worth. To me, that guy is D.D. Westbrook. But Rich, what about Terrell Pryor? (laughs) Well, Matt, you just showed me. (laughs) <laughs> no, I mean, I, I do. I think, I, I mean, personally, I like DJ Shark a, little, Shark a little bit better. But, I mean, that's just, I mean, that's just personal preference. I just think he's going to, and, and, uh, You're just being footage, stubborn. footage that I've seen, he looks excellent as well, by the way. I just, I just like the guy's upside a lot more than DD Westbrook. But, but DD's, he came in as, as like a high profile type of guy. He just, he slipped in the draft uh, due to like uh, red flags of some sort, right? I don't recall. I thought I, I could have sworn it was it was off field stuff, but maybe it was injury stuff. But he fell for some reason. He was he was a big time prospect coming out of Oklahoma. Doing this podcast on Monday, limiting me on getting more notes than I wanted to get. Mm-hmm. So I can't answer that question. Oh, I'm well, sorry. Well, my memory right. has only got so many memories. All right. <laughs> <laughs> so where where is his ADP? Are, are you so, looking? Yep, I got it. I got it up right here. He is 104th overall, the 46th wide receiver. So that's that's the hard part is for this exercise, I want to poke a lot of holes in this. I do actually like D.D. Westbrook. I do think he's a good player. The biggest thing that I could say is are we are we confident in the number one wide receiver in a Nick Foles offense? Like, are we confident that that player can even be anything? Well, most of these guys we're talking about, you can't say with confidence. That's what we're debating them, right, as it is. But, you know, the upside here is, one, he is going to be the number one receiver. Two, he's entering a third year, which is typical of the breakout year. We mentioned this before for wide receivers. So if we're going to see something, this is the year we're going to see something. And could it fall flat? Yeah. But forced forced opportunity is a great place to be for a guy like D.D. Westbrook. Entering his third year, showed some promise last year as well, with some big-time catches as well. So that as a 46 receiver, to get a guy like that who's younger, who's got some upside, who's the number one receiver on their team, to me, that's a little bit too low. I get it, and I see it, see why it's there, but I'm just here to push that. I, I had to pick a guy that other people were down on. Yeah. You know, So it's kind of hard. Like if a, lot, if a lot of people are down on him, I'm most likely down on him too. Sure. If a lot of people are high on him. So we're at a like, real middle of the road here guy, to find guys like to kind of promote here. And to me, I think D.D. Westbrook falls in that category perfectly. You got a guy at 46th receiver who's entering his third year who's super young on a – on offense with 
a Super Bowl MVP with a really good running back and a lot of other question marks at receiver. I mean, if D.D. Westbrook went to the Patriots right now, we'd be all doing jumping jacks. Like, oh, let me get those D.D. Westbrook shares. You know what I mean? And the fact that it is Jacksonville, it's kind of like everybody looks at the offense kind of like, ugh. You know what I mean? It's like almost like Tennessee. Like, ugh. like yeah. Nobody loves Corey Davis right now because of the offense he's in as well. More, I mean, he hasn't produced as well, but somewhat of the offense. So I think that Jacksonville, like, drag also – <laughs> Jacksonville drag wires. Um, what a drag. Um, I think it has someone kind of an input on it too, because if you take that same thing, a, a receiver who kind of flashed a little bit in a second year and in his third year to be the number one guy on a team, there'd be a lot more excitement. Maybe if it was elsewhere, you know what I mean? Yep. And it, nobody loves Nick Foles. Everybody's worried about uh, uh, Leonard Fournette. I mean, you have to like Nick Foles more than Blake Bortles though. I mean, yeah, that's for sure. Yeah. Everybody. I mean, we, we mentioned that before. We've talked about it a couple times on the podcast. Sure. So to me, yes. it's just as a 46 receiver, I think that's a guy I'd rather promote. And if I'm going to gamble somewhere like in those late 40s at receiver and we're past that wide receiver three range, that's where I'm going to start to gamble. Like we mentioned earlier, the Arizona receivers, <laughs> right? I could argue that and you could say Christian Kirk, and that's and a lot of people are going to be like, oh, Christian Kirk's the easy answer. Well, if Christian Kirk was such an easy answer, then why is this team bringing in 5,000 receivers, right? Why are they doing that if he's such the answer here? D.D. Westbrook is just as good as any of those. Like, if you take any of those guys out of them, and I can easily see people taking Andy and Isabella over a guy like D.D. Westbrook. To me, that'd be silly. Um, I see guys taking Christian Kirk over D.D. Westbrook, and that's fine, too, but... There's still there's just as much concern there with a way more against with way more other receivers like working to take those targets away. There's not as many guys looking here to take targets away from a guy like D.D. Westbrook. That's the, my argument. The only only other thing that I will say is when you have a guy that's a smart quarterback like Nick Foles makes a lot of good decisions. Sometimes that almost hurts the receivers because he's not going to force it in there at times. Sometimes you love having a little bit of that Ryan Fitz magic where he's going to chuck it whether you're open or not. You know, he's going to make a lot of good decisions. I, well, I'm, if you had Ryan Fitzpatrick, then I'm more, way more excited about DJ Shark than I am with DD Westbrook then. Sure. The, right? I mean, I'm, I'm more excited either way about you're it. Already, I saw your nipples. <laughs> I saw your nipples. I know. I know where you're standing on this apple. I said DJ Shark and you start your Twin Peaks. Ooh. For the record, I would absolutely die by DD, but those are the those are the things that would would concern me, and maybe make me consider otherwise. All right, we're up against that time here. We gotta get Matt's guy in here. We can't we can't not not include Matt in the podcast too. Go ahead, loser. Wow, I mean, friend, wow, I mean, with, <laughs> with an introduction like that, here I go. Um, my guy is Trent Taylor. TT, uh, huh? Yeah, you love TD. I do. Um, Jeez, you kind of threw me off there a little bit, Rich. To be honest, I'm sorry. I didn't um, hurt feelings. It was I was totally being. I was just joking. Garrett, could We're you could, hurt? Can you find him on the ADP just so I we will. have that up in a minute? Let me look. Keep scrolling but, down. But he, yeah, exactly. That's Real why down. I like him more than anyone else because his ADP is super duper low. Um, but here's a guy that you, you know coming in out of Louisiana Tech. The last two years that he was there, he had 235 catches for over 3,000 yards and 21 touchdowns. So this is a guy, I mean, even though he's a diminutive guy, only five foot eight, 177 pounds, he produced. And in his last year, it was 136 receptions for 1,800 yards and 12 touchdowns. So coming into the league, you know, he was, a, I think he was a fourth-round draft pick or something, the 49ers, two years ago. And it's not like he had 
uh, you know, a ton of success, but, but later on in the year when, when Garoppolo got in, in 2017, that's when he kind of looked like he was old, reliable there. Uh, but he ended, he ended his rookie year, 43 catches, 430 yards for a nice round old 10 yards per catch average. Um, but what is, what does Jimmy Garoppolo do really well? He gets the ball out very quickly. He said it several times. That was his MO there, you know, early on in his career in New England, just kind of as, as a backup when we saw glimpses of him. And and it was very evident, you know, in the short time that he was a starter there in San Francisco. And Trent Taylor is another one of these guys that's he gets open. He's quick as a hiccup. He gets open quickly, and and he's a nice, solid target. And he catches things. You know, he catches everything that's thrown his way. You know, last year he was. It was one of those things where at the end of 2017 he ended up getting a uh, having a back injury, and he and he was basically recovering from that all last year, on and off. So he didn't have the numbers last year. Only 20, 26 receptions, two hundred fifteen yards, and one touchdown. But from all all indications and all early reports here coming out of camp is he, he's, he stepped his game up to a completely another level. He looks amazing. And I attribute that a lot to the, to the wide receiver coach that they brought in the off season. And, and for those of you guys that don't know, it was Wes Welker that they brought in. And, and these guys are basically mirror images of each other. And it sounds an awful lot like Wes Welker is teaching him a lot of the, the tricks of the trades and, and he's, and he's, picking up everything and everything's been glowing reviews and nobody's talking about this guy. You know, obviously they brought in last year, they brought in Dante Pettis this year. They're bringing in DD, um, Debo Samuel, Debo Samuels. So, and, and Jalen Hurd and all these other players, but, but Trent Taylor has had this undercurrent of just positive stuff coming out all off season. And, and, and that's why I like him. I'm excited about him. I have him on a couple of my rosters and there's no way, you know, it was one of those things where it was decision time on a couple of these, and, and he is, you know, the bottom of my roster. He's That's where he's hanging on, but there was no way I was going to get rid of him just on upside alone. Uh, his ADP, they only go through 90 receivers, and he is not on the list. So that, to so. me, is insane. Like, I mean... For that, for that, for that take, you're right. Now can I treat this uh, take like I treat my porcelain in my bathroom? Just doo-doo all over it? You go right ahead. Okay, so... That's fine. I get if we're arguing that he should be in the top ninety, I'm cool because let's, let's slot him right in around eighty nine. Right? Let's get him in there. Let's get him on the list. Let's see the T and T on there. Right? One hundred and thirty six catches in college in his senior year. Yeah, in college in 40, 14 games. Great. I, I love people that produce high ends in uh, uh, college. You know, we should draft every Hawaiian quarterback because they're, they're fantastic. Here's the problem though with Trent Taylor. And I think he is a nice receiver, but I think Trent Taylor just falls in this category. Helps his NFL team. A very solid NFL player. Not really a fantasy receiver unless somebody's getting hurt. One, you got Dante Pettis there, who's a good route runner. And I'm not, I don't love Dante Pettis, but I don't hate Dante Pettis. All right. I love me some Debo Samuel. <clears throat> so what he does well is he's small, right? Who's a good route runner. They got Debo Samuel, who's a really good route runner, and they drafted him really high. They got Dante Pettis, who's a good router. They drafted him really high. Both capital, both receivers that have talent that are going to be on the field. There's somebody to offset him if you're going to run through our receiver sets. You have guys like Marquise Goodwin, who's one of the fastest receivers in the NFL, who's going to be on the field ahead of a guy like Trent Taylor because they already have two guys ahead of him. Not only that, they have one of the best young tight ends in the game today in George Kittle. So those are, that's another target way, as well as a very good pass catching running back and a guy like Jarek McKinnon. And even Tevin Coleman catch the football. And Matt Breida. Yeah, Matt Breida, who's also looked fantastic. In Use camp. him all so, over the field. 
To me, there's just too many other better options than Trent Taylor to ever even remotely be a factor in fantasy football. Is he worth a stash because, yeah, he has looked good in camp? Yes, but you know what? That's like, he know he falls in the category of me, Matt, for a guy like Richard Higgins, who's a really solid receiver, but just there's just not enough targets for him to go around for him to get in your starting lineup. Now, if Debo Samuel gets hurt, if Debo Samuel gets hurt, then, yeah, now he's worth somebody to have. Like, he's a really low-end roster kind of guy. What if, what if D.D. Westbrook gets hurt? Well, then <laughs> then, then your your teams just shit the bed and just sell the whole thing off and begin rebuilding because you have no chance to win. Right. But to me... And, and, and my point wasn't, hey, this guy's going to be in your starting lineup. You know, he's rosterable. He's rosterable. He, I, I like him more than other people. There's no way I'm cutting him at this point uh, in the game because I see upside and there's just too many young there guys are, around. Him. There are too many miles. I totally and it's young agree. guys. And that's probably, t- it's, it's young guys that they just invested all in the last three years. He's, draft I mean, capital he, on. he's a third round pick. He was one of those people that they, they invested draft capital in. So the, the one thing I'll come to your defense is as of right now, he is being talked about as the starter in the slot position. Right. So he does really well. He balls out the first couple of weeks because he's going to have to, because if not, the other guys are, are gunning for his job and they'll probably take it quickly. But if there's any hope, it's the fact that as of this second, before we play a single preseason game, they're looking at him as the starter. That's okay. the only hope. And I think he's rosterable. I did, I'm not saying he's not rosterable, but it's like, I'm not, I'm not getting overly excited about it. I'm not either. I'm but, glad we could debate about it though. Yeah, me too. Um, so that's it. We ran a little bit long here, but that, that, that's fine. We got we to let everybody get their points across here. Uh, in the meantime, if you want to check out uh, anything that's awesome, Dynasty, make sure you check out DynastyNerds.com. I mean, if you listen to the podcast, you'd be really silly not to check out the, the website because there's so many damn free articles on there. Our content is out of this world. And if you want some even better content, sign up for the Nerd Herd. Like the next episode we're going to do, uh, what's the next episode we're going to do for the Nerd Herd? We're talking about guys that you really like for 2020. Might not necessarily produce in 19, but you're buying now because you're excited about them in 2020. Yes, guys that won't produce this year, but guys that will produce for the future and about kind of like Buzz Lightyear to infinity and beyond. Make sure you check out, you guys sign up for the Nerd Herd, man. For the price of a cup of coffee a month, you get four extra hours of this podcast. Four extra hours. That's a lot of information to get to make your dynasty team better. Remember, what's the best way to make your dynasty team better? Information. So now we're going to give you four extra podcasts for three bucks a month, but we're going to give you our exclusive rankings, which is IDP, Superflex, Rookie, Superflex Tight End Premium, Standard, Devi. Davy Rankins. We have Davy Rankins on there. You have our buy sell tool. So you can see who we like to buy, who we like to sell, who we like to hold. It's a nice tool. And our mock draft tool is not too far away. So when our mock draft tool launches, you're going to be getting live ADP. That's right. Who cares about ADP that you get from the first two days of the month? What about the end of the month when all of a sudden an injury goes down and these mock drafts are changing? Let me follow this ADP closely. And what ADP does, what I think live ADP is going to do for you is give you the opportunity to follow trends and see what players are really hot and what players are not. And it's going to help you make some good trades, I think, down in the future. The Nerd Herd is here to help you. You'll be win. able to easily track the trend. That's Absolutely. The, that's the biggest thing. And we're going to have graphs on there as well to help you track it. So you'll be able to follow like a, a flow chart to see who's up and who's down. DynastyNerds.com. Again, and that and all, all the Nerd memberships is going to help us build in new things, new tools. Like we have a new tool we want to build. It's probably going to take if the, if the mock draft tool takes three months, this next tool we're going to build is going to take 13 years. But, <laughs> you know, the more people that sign up will uh, help us pay more people to even get it done quicker. So, 
again, all all the nerd memberships do. These aren't coming back to just make us, you know, all this money. We're just trying to make the best dynasty fantasy football site yep. possible. We've never ever done any of this for money because we know because we didn't get any money. Uh, no. We just do it literally <laughs> to make the site better and help you guys uh, just be better dynasty players. I mean, that's the whole goal here. Anyway, this is the whole thing. We just like talking dynasty fantasy football. We do it anyways. We might as well do a show on it. So. Best way to support us is easy. Just join the nerd herd. It's really that simple. I mean, you can buy an awesome t-shirt and increase your high five to intake, you know, increase your love life, sex life, all that stuff with that dynasty nerd shirt. They're like, Oh, should I take my shirt off? Like, no, leave it on. Hopefully we get that stranger things upside down. Oh, we need one. to talk more about yeah, that. We I sent a message to our designer, Josh. I know he approved it as well. So yeah, we got to get that thing going on there as well. But yeah, support the website. Uh, join the nerd herd today. I promise you, you won't regret it. It's the best three bucks you ever say. It's three bucks. I mean, I know money's tight, could be tight for a lot of people, but everybody can spare three bucks. And uh, we're going to help you along the way win some championships. So that's going to reap its benefits 10 times fold. Depends on how much you play for your league. Could be 5 million times fold if you're a real big baller. Baller. Um, and of course, another way to give sword podcast free is leave us a rating review on iTunes. We're only six away from 900. <sighs> when we get to 900, we're going to give away a t shirt. So it's your opportunity to win a t shirt. Does that mean if you leave a rating review, you're going to get a t shirt? No, but. It, it's going to let us give one away, so which increases your odds. you're saying there's a chance. Mm-hmm. Damn right I am. In the meantime, if you want to talk Dynasty Fantasy Football on Twitter, you can hit me up at Dynasty Rich. I'm at Dynasty Matt. I'm at Dynasty Bryce. You can follow the site at Dynasty Nerds. And until then, we'll be back next week. Except for you Nerd members, we'll be back here very next with guys we like from 2020 and beyond. Adios. Ready, set, put on. Thanks for listening to the Dynasty Nerds Fantasy Football Podcast. Make sure to check us out at DynastyNerds.com for up-to-date Dynasty insight. And follow us on Twitter at Dynasty Nerds.